Cool. So let's start episode 71. Woohoo! Yeah, which we recorded right after episode 70. So things might be weird, but uh, we should be fine. We're, we we're, should have that disclaimer for every episode, no matter what we did before. <laughs> this episode might be weird. Uh, yeah, hopefully we're not sounding too tired. I'm, I'm, tr- I'm trying hard here. Um, <laughs> after, 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 after what we just spoke about. No, I'm kidding. Let's get going. Um, are we talking about this Twitter potentially adding new APIs for third-party developers to use? Sure. It's a weird of writing. <laughs> also, weird cadence of your sentence. Yeah. We're I now did. all speaking with a weird cadence. See, I was the one writing this. I don't know why I struggle so much with the cadence. Uh, but yeah, there are, as I think all of us were impacted by and very upset about, um, Apple, no, not Apple, Twitter changed their... Um, APIs, or they actually removed some of their APIs for third-party developers earlier this year. Mm-hmm. And that made all of us pretty upset, I think, um, because we couldn't use our third-party apps in the same I mean, ways we wanted. Especially developers who, who made the platform what it is, and all of a sudden they have uh, basically uh, Twitter killing their business for, for to a large extent. I think they're in, particularly, in particular yeah. upset about those kind of changes. Yeah, I think for us uh, in in comparison for us, this was a pretty minor yeah. uh, uh, downside now. Yeah. Realistically, we are fine. But uh, I have actually been starting to use... I'm sorry to third-party developers of Twitter clients, but I have been using the default Twitter client by Twitter a bit lately. And it's so weird. It's so <laughs> strange. I see all those random things that, I didn't even, that I'm not even following. Have you used the... The the default Twitter client Zach? From time to time. I don't keep it on my phone. Uh, I'm far more likely to use the okay. web uh, Twitter official thing than I am uh, oh. Twitter mobile app. Actually, I do sometimes check the web on my phone. Um, Twitter web on my phone. But yeah, no, it is it is odd. I don't like it. I like chronological timeline. Um, I'm not mm. keen on the fact that the app reverts your settings option back to a non-chronological timeline, even if you specify oh. that you don't want that uh and further there are just mm-hmm. very uh many annoying ads that i don't like so there's a few reasons it's not just the ads sometimes it's just all those random things it's like this person who you follow oh, yeah, like this yeah. thing. or sometimes you get the, the one those? that gets me is uh you know uh say marlon and 30 other people are following and then you see their tweet yeah. and it's like cool i'm not following that person for a reason don't yeah. read their tweets yeah it's very nice. i understand it as a feature that it could be a useful thing like i might want to be like oh i want to follow more people so then i might go and browse what people other people are following but if it's part of the timeline it's a bit strange i agree um, timeline but is again sometimes it <laughs> no sometimes it does help though to see someone like i i have i follow more a more diverse group of people than i did before just because certain people were kind of on the edges yeah. of my following that i didn't know before and now i follow yeah that's, them, so. that's true to be fair it has made me follow more people mm. um but i, I was just it is weird. It is, it is just, it feels like a very different service as a result yeah. of it. But this explains so many times, because I feel like I've never seen this side of Twitter before. I was always wondering why all those random people sometimes found some of my tweets. Because I might have tweeted something and someone likes it, but I had no, like, they didn't follow me. I didn't really feel like, like, I didn't follow them. And I didn't, like, I didn't know how they got involved in the conversation. But I really understand that part now because I've seen how other people use Twitter and that things just randomly pop up. And that's why they see my things all of a sudden. Mm-hmm. So 
at least I got an answer to that. Yeah, no, <laughs> so, that's a fair point. You understand um, a bit more about how the other people see Twitter. <laughs> but yeah, no, I don't exactly. know. And I mean, realistically, us now, because I've, I've reduced my Twitter usage even more and almost exclusively use it with the... Uh, I almost exclusively use the website now on, on my Mac. Mm. <laughs> but I, realistically, I'm I'm using Twitter so rarely, and mm. it's kind of nice not not. I don't know. I I feel like in a way it's kind of r- r- relaxing to not have a timeline that you want to finish. It's just I I check Twitter every now and then, see what's going on, and close it. Yeah, it's a lot. I I my I guess the timeline and the non chronological timeline was optimized for uh, to increase the um amount of time people spend on twitter but for me to the opposite i'm just checking checking in maybe once a day maybe twice a day and and that's it i'm not spending as much time actually reading all the tweets see this is interesting because i actually wanted the reason why i put this topic in the show notes was because i wanted to ask you guys if you are excited about the fact that there might be more apis available for third-party developers because maybe you start to use twitter more like you used to do it and but maybe that's not a good thing for you okay maybe it's better if you it's Stay also, what him. was the thing? Was it Jack Dorsey just saying they went too far? Yeah, so he said they went too far. And there is an explanation here on why they removed the APIs that I never came across when they did remove the APIs. And he's saying that there were certain um, like technical, cer- certain parts on their technical side that was using those APIs um, that were basically still in like a beta state um, that weren't really being used. So um, what he's saying is the user stream and site stream APIs are uh, that serve core functionality of many of these clients have been in beta state for the for more than nine years, and are built on technology stacks we no longer use or no, that we no longer support. And that seemed to be the reasoning behind removing the APIs. I didn't, as I said, I didn't come across this this before, but then it seems a little bit more reasonable. And now they seem to think that it is helpful I for third party developers to add right? these. Yeah, maybe. But yeah, I don't know. I don't know. In general, it just makes me feel like they were a little bit less evil. It doesn't because I felt like they might have done it because they wanted more people on their own platform. But now they at least seem to. I mean, in a way, that's still the case. You know, changing those APIs, not uh, building those APIs on new platforms, is yeah. a decision that Twitter made themselves. I mean, they have a thousand the thing people. Is the API worked. Like they could have left it untouched. And it would have been a better. Yeah, but state. realistically, you could say maybe you know maybe it incurred uh, hundreds of thousands of dollars because it was super yeah, inefficient yeah. or used some kind of weird mechanism. Who knows, right? What happened behind? But the at the same scenes, time, they would have had their own internal APIs that would replace those. Exactly. It's not like they removed the support of their own apps, but I think, I mean, it can be a bit more work to have. Um, like user-facing APIs or have APIs that are open to other people because you need more documentation and things like that. But that can also benefit the company internally. So it might be an excuse, but at least it's a little bit more sensible than I first expected. I don't know. <laughs> so will you use Twitter more? No, probably still not. Uh, I mean, <laughs> realistically, I do think Twitter Twitter is... All the good things from Twitter came from from third-party developers. You know, it used to be like my first app was my first Twitter Even app. Even I can... Yeah, even I can. Um, so I, I think in general it's it's potentially good, but also I don't know. I don't know what's what Twitter is doing. No, I don't. It's nice. It could be nice for third party developers. Um, yeah, but I don't think I'm gonna jump on and write a, cl- a Twitter client because of that. 
No, 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 definitely not. Um, I would like to 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 post more on Twitter. I, I we talked about that. I think in the first ten episodes of this. Yeah, we spoke so much about Twitter, Mastodon, um, the evilness of the internet. Yeah, um, and for some reason, my my I mean, I guess it's 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 a good sign, but my brain just never thinks of Twitter when when I see anything that's interesting. It's like the last thing I think of is, oh, I should post this. It's like. <laughs> I, I might realize that in the evening it's like, hmm, should have written something on Twitter at least, and then I realize things that I should have taken. But at 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 the point when things are happening that are interesting, I never think of. I'd rather send a message to to you or Zach or other friends than sending it on Twitter. I I just I know, but I feel like I would like to get over this habit uh, of not tweeting. I don't know. Somehow I feel like it is a nice community online and not specifically twitter but like it's nice to chat to people online and i would like to be a bit more involved uh, i'm trying so i'm trying hard to write more tweets actually especially now when we're doing this project because i think it's fun to sort of share our experience with swift ui so i'm hoping to post more about that um yeah and be more active so Zach, how do you like how does it come to your mind that you should tweet something Oh, like how do yeah. you decide uh, this is it's Twitter? A, it's a weird muscle memory thing, isn't it? It's probably hard to describe. It's like I'll know it when I see it. Um, this would be good on Twitter. Yeah. Uh, I don't know. Um, yeah, I don't know. It's a tough one. Um, it could be <laughs> because you tweet. You you do tweet quite mm-hmm. a lot and about a variety mm-hmm. of topics. It could, so like. How also, do you filter you know that? What Kai, you know what Kai said? <laughs> well, how do you filter? Wow, great question. Uh, do you have three hours? No. no. <laughs> um, like what Kai said about... Um, Wait, you do filter? Sometimes. Uh, yeah, wow. <laughs> like, what Kai said about seeing something <laughs> and being like, oh, yeah, I'm going to share it with somebody. It's like, I think it, it depends on what the thing is. It's like, is it just applicable to like one person? Then no, you're not going to share it on Twitter. But is it applicable to like, you know, I kind of think about the type of people that follow me on Twitter. Um, turns out for all my tweeting about sport and diabetes things, really the only tweets people care about are tech. So it's like, okay, my audience is predominantly tech. It's like, if I'm tweeting, if I'm like talking about Swift UI, for example, I'm probably going to tweet it because there's a, there's a high chance that uh, people who, who follow me there are, are somewhat interested. Um, but if I'm, I don't know, if I come across something interesting about a particular niche topic that we spoke about before recording last week, I'm not going to probably tweet that. Uh, it's going to be more like, oh, I'll send you a message and, you know, we can talk about it in private. Mm. So, I don't know. I think it just comes down to like, it's the same uh, thing of like finding something or thinking about something that you want to share or talk about with other people and then just deciding where the best place is to share that message. Um, yeah, that kind of thing. I don't know. It, it's it's mm. like, it's a tough one. Like there's there's many things that I, you know, that I send to you that could be tweets as well and would probably be quite interesting to uh, people on Twitter. But you know, sometimes you, mm-hmm. that's the other thing. Like when you, when you post something on Twitter, you've got to be open to uh, people that you might not have anticipated, like commenting on it. Um, and so sometimes there's like a bit more of a mental thing, like burden associated with it. It's like, ah, uh, is this something that people are going to like criticize or whatever? And then you got to decide whether it's worth it or mm. not. Um, whereas if I, I don't know, like hypothetically, if I had a, piece of swift ui code work in progress and i was like oh i think this is terrible swift ui code i could post it to twitter and try and get some help but you know i think there's going to be you know those few people who are like well actually you could have done this 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 and you know and it's like well okay in that case i might just send it to you privately and get your feedback 
Um, so I think there's that that to consider as well. Like who who can possibly see it on Twitter? Um, yeah, I don't know. There's many many okay, okay. dynamic things happening when thought process behind should I tweet? But usually, if you had to do a simple flow diagram of you know question at the top, should I tweet <laughs> two lines, one to the left saying no, one to the right saying yes? Usually, it's a yes for me. Um, <laughs> oh, okay. we'll just stream of consciousness okay. added to the internet that's, that's partly a joke that used to be more true so probably in high school a thousand yes for every no <laughs> correct <laughs> you, you can only say no okay so so often like you know you could feel far between <laughs> um but like i mean there's two so going back to like the main topic like the nine to five mac article um there's two sort of things that, that strike me here. The first is we don't know exactly what they mean when they say they're going to, you know, open up the API again. And in, maybe in an ideal world, it goes back to the way things were and we, like, third-party developers get access to all the um, things that they used to, the real-time information for push notifications, the uh, activity streams and things that they can use, maybe a bit more information around, you know, who's interacted with certain tweets and things like that. Who knows? Uh, it could also mean these could also come at the expense of things like ads in timelines. Who knows? Um, and then the other thing is, even if we do get these APIs back, is it worth any third-party developer's time integrating with the Twitter API again? They've been bitten a few, a few times now. Um, is, yeah, is it worth yeah. it? No, Don't that's know. what I'm wondering too. Like, yeah, like, like, would you really yeah, want to build yeah. a business on the back of... Uh, Twitter's API again. I don't know. Like, I mean, if you look at the Tweetbot uh, people, I don't know how well Tweetbot does anymore. It could still do brilliantly, but I, I get the impression they're not working on it as much mm. anymore. I don't know inside information mm-hmm. here. It's just like they're not doing updates really. And I imagine they're doing other work, other work in other areas, maybe for pri- private projects mm. or things like that, because it doesn't make as much sense anymore to try and build a business on the back of Twitter. And it's like, would they, would the Tweetbots yep. people yep. pivot back into working on Tweetbot full time, which I assume they did for at least periods of time? Uh, previously, which mm-hmm. again, that's just an assumption, but I imagine so. Um, would they? I don't know. I don't know if it would be a sensible yeah, move. Yeah, and I think a company like Twitter has had so many things like this that causes hiccup for developers. It was the same like a few years back. They also started re- uh, regulating how many users a third-party app can have. Yeah, yeah. Um, there's all those like restrictions. For so it's like you can't grow indefinitely. Yeah, that kind of sucks. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, certain certain existing ones had quite generous or yeah, or yeah. exclusions from. But that. I feel like the fact that they are adding those type of limitations means that it's a bit in flux, and you don't really know what they are gonna do. And in general, like b- basing basing something on their APIs might be a bit stressful. Like you, you don't really know how stable it's gonna be in the future. Hundred percent. Yeah. Hopefully, hopefully we'll get some of the features back that we that we. Really They've like. proven fairly unreliable with these things, so I don't know. I, I personally wouldn't be um, doing too much with it. That sort of I relied on my income. I mean, for. in in general, if 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 you already have a Twitter client, it's probably not going to be a crazy amount of work to integrate with new APIs if they were available. Do yeah. we know that they're actually available, or is this kind some kind of weird? Oh, we shouldn't have. Uh, That's the thing. Well, we, don't, we still have. It says they but, may be planning. Yeah. So. Um, the yeah, thing well. here is Twitter also move very slowly. Tw- Twitter move like really, really slowly. So for all we know, this could be three years away. Um, could be next month, yeah. but it could be three years away. I don't know. Twitter's Twitter's weird. I don't know what they're doing, but also, I don't know. Uh, anyways, uh, speaking of things that might be bad, um, Dev Health 
mm-hmm. something you wrote in the show notes. What does this mean, Kai? Okay. Are you going to talk about uh, <laughs> Did you or- forget my name? Organic key. <laughs> key. No, are you going to talk about organic <laughs> keyboards? Like, okay, okay. Yeah. So it wasn't that you forgot like uh, one third I, of I, my I, name? No, I knew there were three three <laughs> letters. Three letters. I just couldn't couldn't remember. Like, is it K and double I? Probably. <laughs> um. Now I was just wondering if there are, if if you two have any particular things you do to try to avoid typical developer health issues. So like, what are developer health issues? Is I mean, this just like when you want to scream at the, like at the compiler? Out loud at the like compiler? how to how to oil your yeah. your vocal cords so you can, <laughs> can scream at the Swift compiler the longer? Yeah, or is it more of a depression related to the general state of the of the world <laughs> what is th- what is this man this is this is a dark episode no it's more i mean i sure we can talk about those if you really want to <laughs> i was more thinking about wrist related issues like rsi like strain issues in your hands uh neck shoulder back like the typical things just cut them all off you cut them all off mm. okay that, that's modern strategy <laughs> no i was just wondering if there there's anything you two do uh, to in particular either uh, deal with issues you might be having or to prevent issues from occurring. Um, I can start. Sure. So go for, for the back thing because obviously, being a dev, you sit in a chair a bit. Yeah, uh, that's the thing. All three of us are pretty like reasonably mm-hmm. tall yeah. as well, so I think that's a problem we all have. I like standing desks. Um, you need a good chair. It doesn't matter if you have a standing desk. You need, if you use it in a sitting position at any point, you need a good chair. If you can't get a good chair, you shouldn't sit in a chair. Um, you should be using a standing <laughs> desk. No, like it's, it's, <laughs> it's serious stuff. Like this yeah, is, you know, yeah. you, you, you are as a dev. Um, it's like, but it's, it's a bit like saying if you can't get healthy food, you shouldn't eat. There's, <laughs> that's one way to look at it, but. I would I would disagree because you can still get your work done standing. Uh, you will not survive That's if true. you don't eat because you can't have healthy food. Um, you're better off eating junk food okay. in that case. But um, no, I don't know. I think I think it's pretty serious because uh, obviously you make your money by uh, being able to use a computer, and um, you know it shouldn't be it shouldn't be wearing you down. So I don't know. I take these things pretty seriously. But I I do think the standing desk is a big one. Um, I haven't been using a standing desk. For most of this year, um, because I, I mean, I've been going between work and uni, so I'm not like in a chair 40 hours a week. Uh, as soon as I finish uni, I will be pushing for a standing desk at work um, because I, I will refuse to sit in a chair for 40 hours a week. Um, so, yeah, that's kind of that, that's one thing. Uh, it's it's less so about the, well, is it good for your heart to stand or sit? I, I mean, it seems like the um, research is still out on that. No, no one's really... Uh, concluded anything there but it, for me it's just about feeling better and having not not being hunched over it i find it far more difficult to hunch over uh, a desk that is elevated than i do when i'm sitting in a mm. chair no matter how i sort of arrange the the height thing um, yeah that could yeah. just be me yeah. but that's sort of i don't know less pain no i'm, uh, I'm the a, same standing desk um the other the other thing it's preventative um and I don't actually know if it works, but I haven't had issues, so I'm going to assume it's going okay, is just <laughs> regular exercise. Like, regular exercise goes mm-hmm. a long way. If you're um, even, you know, just being a little bit more fit, a little bit more healthy, a little bit stronger uh, in various parts of your body, that's that goes a long way towards preventing injury. It's when, um, if you're... 
I mean, like, problems definitely can arise and it's not like, oh, well, I, I go for a run twice a week so I don't need to worry about RSI, for example. But I think you are, as a human, a lot more resilient when you do go to the gym and do things like... Like, strength training mm, is just mm-hmm. as important as the, um, like, cardio, um, like, longevity training. Uh, probably for sitting yeah, in, a, yeah. in a chair... Uh, I mean, the the cardio is obviously very important for um, like heart health and things like that when you are sedentary most of the day. But in terms of preventing injury, uh, I believe that, you know, I mean, again, I I don't know the science behind this, but this is just personally what I do. Um, I I find that just like day to day uh, in general, life is a little bit easier when you have a little bit more strength that you can get by training in a controlled environment <laughs> and then that no but it's yeah. like but like little things that you know like little pains yeah. here and there it's like it can be you know if you go to the gym and and not only are you working out but also you stretch um at least after you know those kind of things just really do help your body no, don't get me started on stretching yeah don't 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 talk about stretching <laughs> stretching we're gonna have a whole conversation right, i won't mention it again um, but, but those overall- kind of things <laughs> help and um yeah. yeah, overall, yeah. overall, like the physical activity outside of like, I I agree that the best thing you can do is almost not happening at the same time as as you're putting the strain on your wrist and your your shoulders and your back. It's like being being active. Yeah, uh, yeah. And, f- and for think- me in particular, frequency is important. It's not so much that you should lift the heaviest weights you can once once a fortnight. It's more about oh, doing damn, like I'm a, doing a, this wrong. I know. Yeah. But it's like doing doing something active, especially with the body parts that happen to like for me I, I used to have wrist issues. So what Mon and I've been starting to do lately is uh throwing like a football like an American football. Throwing that one uh like every day or every other day for We're getting like, pretty good. Pretty every, good. For like 10 20 minutes hmm. and that motion is just kind of using uh, opposing muscles to what you would use while while using like a mouse and, and keyboard and that really helps just doing that for like 10 15 20 minutes uh every other day just having that motion and using like your back uh, muscles and and snapping your wrist when you're releasing the ball and also this is something we tend to do outdoors we have a we don't yeah. have that high ceiling uh, so we tend to go outside and that I think that's also nice sometimes to just like look away from a screen be able to look further into distances and also just get some air and get some sun uh, so I think there are many other benefits of that but it's like it's not it's not a f- extremely physically uh, challenging motion right it's not like you're lifting anything too heavy it's just being active and using parts of your body that you, you also strain while while work uh hmm. that that for me that like it had a huge impact like i don't know um there there were a few other things i changed in my life at the same time but i've not had wrist issues in quite some time i've not had back issues since we started uh, uh throwing a football so that was uh something that yeah and i think you actually seem to notice that it comes back if we stop so for example i think like during more div- more busy periods, we tend to not throw, or we might not go outside and take walks as much. And then you seem to be quite impacted by it. Yeah, I, I just noticed like it feels more like my hand is a bit stiffer and almost feels like a cramp when I work. Like I don't know if we have like a day where we're like on a computer for twelve, fourteen hours. I do feel like my hand is getting a bit tight, and then going out for for like twenty minutes completely fixes that. Yeah. So 
there's definitely like i mean i don't know if that is necessarily the best motion to do to relax your hand but that's something i've been doing and i I, i'm not a person i don't like exercising by myself like just doing exercise for exercise sake i just can't do like it's 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 mind-numbingly uh boring to me to go for a run like i i don't know i i'd rather have like a dog chase me and i have to run <laughs> than just running for called, fun um, i think it's called zombie run yeah but i need real zombies yeah. I'm, I'm like <laughs> fake zombies just don't do it it's just my mind can't handle a senseless run and i know some people find it therapeutic <laughs> or really enjoy it and and they they run for hours and it's just fun and they go f- they are trained See, for never, marathons or running yeah, marathons like i, I mean, never ooh. feel like i'm truly believing those people they say yeah. that it's fun but i, I don't know i mean I, I, I believe people i'm 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 generally believing people but yeah. it's just for me it's 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 torture i just can't do it i'd much rather have like i'm more like a dog mm, yeah like, <laughs> like if, if you throw me a ball i go i i run for that ball all day but i can't just i don't know i i can't just go for a run and trick myself into enjoying it i would like to i just i just can't um zach you run quite a lot yep. right is that because you enjoy yes, it definitely i wouldn't waste time if okay. i didn't enjoy yeah. it yeah. <laughs> yeah. and i mean I, I, yeah. I'm, I'm 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 almost jealous of that i, yeah, I yeah. wish i could just because it's easy right you you can go for a run and you have everything you need with you yeah so, yeah yeah there's like, no for me that, i mean like, like running trying. is the cheapest exercise to. you can as long assuming you you stay injury mm. free because if you don't, it can get expensive. But mm. if you buy good shoes to begin with, uh, <laughs> you're probably your better chance of staying injury free. And it's like two hundred bucks every two years, which is like as cheap as it gets mm. for exercise usually. Mm. Yeah, uh, yeah, like I'm, and tr- also I'm honestly you can do it trying. By yourself. I'm, I'm, yes, I'm just joking around with not believing in people enjoying running. But I'm, I'm honestly trying myself to actually run more and sort of try to try to get like some sense of like therapeutic part of it that people people always refer to and i'm trying to run at nice places like i'm running along the water so it is getting better i just think uh, i'm not a person who feel like i want to run for like hours but i think running a bit now and then is is fun like i feel like it's uh it's not as bad as i uh, as i think kai kai seem to think it is like i would run for the sake of exercising and uh, I don't think you would do that. Kind no, I can't. It's yeah. it's just no. <laughs> I mean, it's also like hiking, like even like a like f- fast paced, more challenging hike. Hundred percent fine. Being able to talk while hiking, fine. Yeah. So I just if you can- would run on a hiking trail, would that do it? Uh, no. The thing is, I I think I do need the 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 ability to talk. Like just talking and hiking, hundred percent fine. I don't know if I would hike by myself. Maybe while listening to a podcast. But I also can't run and listen to a podcast. Somehow my brain has a weird like cut. It's like if if you're running, you can't listen to a podcast. And if like I, I for me, it's easier to to work and listen to a podcast than run and listen to a podcast. I don't know why. So, uh, do you whatever. know how running works? <laughs> it's that's the thing. Running is not a mentally challenging activity <laughs> for me. Not. I'm starting to get a bit concerned. But anyway. it's like I, I I don't know what's happening in my brain. But if I run, I cannot. I do not parse any of the words that come through my through the AirPods. It just doesn't work, and that makes it somehow more boring. I don't know what's happening. Uh, yeah, you know what I like to think when I'm running. I'm like, 
the faster I do this, the sooner I'm done with it. And then that's a really good mindset because that means you will run fast. Yeah, but for me, that just doesn't work. I can't think of like, what do I want to work on? I can't think of like products that I'm interested. I just can't think of anything. It's just, it feels like my brain is now in run mode and it only thinks of running and it's boring to think of running and I (laughs) just can't do it. It's also like, I don't know, I'm, I'm more of a interval type Mm. I, I'd rather run for like 100, 200 meters and go full on sprint and do that like three, four, five times than, than doing like the, the, I don't know, even running like 600 meters uh, in, in one go. That's just that, that's too fine. much. I think like, it's understandable, I but I think the, the gist of it comes down to find something you enjoy. If it's running, go for it. <laughs> if it's going to the Let's gym on from and broken moving weights, like lifting them from the ground, defying gravity good on you if it's throwing a frisbee if it's throwing a football if it's kicking a football like you should do with the football um go for it just but like that kind of thing it makes you like fitter and healthier and i'm not saying it's the solution to everything but i think it is a bit preventative um probably isn't uh, yeah i I agree if if, i mean i I haven't had uh any issues with rsi or anything like that but if i did uh, I would probably be taking a more reactive approach and that I don't know what that would involve. It probably wouldn't just involve going to the gym hmm. more. Like there's probably something that would have to change. Um, but I am hopeful that by in general taking care of other things, like physical things throughout life, that like hmm. that helps with the um, like mm-hmm. the RSI yeah, and yeah. other issues that you might get from sitting in computer all day. But that's definitely not an excuse to like sit at my desk and not move for eight hours and have my hands in a rigid position and, you know, not move. Like it's still just like basic little things like taking breaks, going up to get standing up to go get water and, you know, not um, not sort of hands on the keyboard for three hours straight kind of thing. Um, all those kind of feed into trying to prevent um, any issues with dev health. Mm. Yeah, yeah. And yeah. Uh, also, um, just for kind of the hardware part of this, uh, I kind of landed on having three. I-, I noticed that keyboard isn't a big issue for me. Like, I can work on most keyboards for a very long time, and that doesn't cause any discomfort. Like, uh, at the moment, I use... Um, Apple's uh, Magic Keyboard, and that's 100% fine. Very much enjoy that. Uh, I also use uh, the Microsoft Sculpt ergonomic keyboard. Uh, I should get that back from the basement. I, I do enjoy that one too, and that's that's fine too. Um, but mousing or like the mouse input, that's what caused uh, more issues for me. And I just landed now at a point where I'm having multiple mousing input devices that are switched between. And that seems to kind of get rid of most of the discomfort for me. So I'm using the Apple Magic mouse, a then an ergonomic uh, anchor uh, mouse, and a Magic trackpad. And I kind of just alternate between the three. I just grab whatever mm. I think is comfortable right now mm-hmm. or based on a task. For example, when using uh, logic to edit our episodes i i'd rather use um the magic mouse because it's making a horizontal scrolling easier but then when i work on xcode i usually use the ergonomic mouse and then for kind of web surfing i use the trackpad so i kind of just try to alternate between the three and that um seems to be for me where where i can land it with a comfortable kind of array of different input mechanisms and I think that's overall also quite good because you're forced to change the way you're 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 like using your hands for input because mm. they're like fundamentally different input devices. I would guess that just in general, mixing things up really does help. Um, you know, if, if there's because yeah, yeah. even if 
two of the three are bad for you, like bad for you, but you know what I mean? Like even if two of the three would cause damage long term mm. if you use them consistently, just mixing it up and, you know, having a break yeah. from mm. whatever it is that, that's damaging can probably help quite a bit. Um, yeah. yeah. I used to yeah. use uh, Microsoft. It's it's not the sculpt ergonomic. It's the like one down from that. It's not the wireless one. Um but it is still like that funny shape where it elevates at the wrists and goes down. I didn't find mm-hmm. it made much like I, I switched back to an Apple keyboard for a while and I didn't find that that was um, particularly worse. I did. I do have and I don't like it. I do have the the magic keyboard <laughs> at work and I don't like that because it's uh, elevated towards the back which is just painful. Mm-hmm. Um, so, my preferred option is still to use like a MacBook Pro keyboard plugged into an external monitor and use the trackpad and keep and uh, keyboard there. And I find that okay because they're flat and I don't get pain. Um, so, that is my preferred uh, sort of arrangement for mouse and keyboard. But yeah, as soon as the, if they ever cause any problems or as soon as they cause problems, then it's straight to something which is a bit more uh, ergonomically friendly. Right. See, I can't do that with the. I can't really type on the laptop keyboard uh, fully. Like, I, I I get wrist pain when I'm actually having such a small mm-hmm. keyboard. I know that the magic, the external magic keyboard is the same size, but I think because the trackpad is taking so much space right underneath the keyboard, I tend to sit with like my hands on an angle, and then it always hurts on like the left and the right side of my hands, like the other side, uh, if I'm using it for too long. So I need something where I can like sit a bit straighter, not have anything right in front of it, like the trackpad. Um, and I noticed that that like make it makes a dif- big difference for me. Um, not that you guys asked, but uh, I'm also exercising. <laughs> uh, <laughs> I, but I, I did want to say, I think Zach, you said that it's like you haven't noticed if it helps because you haven't had problems before. But I did actually have like I have had like huge. Like I have had lots of back issues in general, like both back and neck have always been like sensitive areas for me. Like as soon as I do something for too long, when I'm looking down, like I'm I'm really getting sore quite quickly. And I also notice like if you feel my back, I have like knots in it. So it's clearly something like something going on with my position. So it's, it's bad for me. But then um, I started exercising a lot more and focusing more on like working out uh, like strength exercise to actually build up a bit more muscles in my back. And that really, really helps. And it's so much better in comparison to before. And I never get like the type of back pains where I can't like continue working anymore. It might feel a bit sore, but like it's, it's never sustaining for that long. So it definitely is something that helps me. And in general, just like I I think. I mean, we're, we're no experts on those top, on like exercise topics, but I think in general, the more you, like, if you work out and try to prevent those things and generally like live a healthier life, you're going to feel a lot better. While, but also what you said, right? Listening to your body is a really good thing yeah. that a lot of people don't do. Like I've, I've heard people yeah, yeah. saying, yeah, I kind of had prompts in my hand and then I just pushed through. It's like pushing through, yeah. you know, that's a sign that there's something going on. Yeah, Pushing I, through is same. not going to fix it. Yeah, I notice it's the same with like some people who have headaches. If they have headaches, they might take an aspirin or take some type of thing that might not necessarily help significantly with the headache, but it at least re- relieves the pain. But I think... I do the same. Sometimes I might get a headache because I'm like looking at the computer for too long and then I try to rather take a break 
and try to like drink more water and try to like even if you're not 100 percent sure what it is right just recognizing that there is a signal your body is sending you that something's going on and mm. you trying to to action because humans are pretty good at um adopting to to kind of pain or or like not great situations mm -hmm. but if if you notice that there is something going on just paying attention to that and trying to make adjustments um to see if it improves things i think that already is such an obvious first step that a lot of people miss yeah yeah that that can really help because you might get an early sign that your wrist is uncomfortable and you make small adjustments and see if if it improves and maybe you don't you know as if, when you get to a point where this is becoming a serious issue mm -hmm. then then you also need some more serious way of of trying to 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 help yourself well if your uh, early signs you're making small adjustments that can can get a long way of you never even be getting serious enough issues. Like what Zach sa said, right? He's not having serious issues. And because uh, a good part of that is probably paying attention that when something starts to feel discom uh, feeling discomfort to try to adjust um, before it becomes an actual issue. Yeah. Mm. Cool. All right. Yeah, I was just curious what, what you guys are doing. Hmm. I also have a pro tip, unless anyone else has uh, deaf health related things. I'm keen for this pro tip. Um. Yeah, I, I don't know what this is. You wrote pro tip and I don't understand it. Yeah, I I did show you yesterday, Marlin. Oh. Um yeah, you know you're how right. you can now use NFC tags to um to trigger shortcuts? Yes. And uh with I uh, iOS 13 and um I was thinking I don't really I'm not sure if I will use this. I don't know if I uh want to order NFC tags. Turns out if anyone has a old credit or debit card that contains an NFC chip, you can just use that one. For, oh, yeah. Uh, can for you use them if sweet. they are outdated? That's a good idea. Yeah, yeah. Cool. Mm -hmm. So if you have like an, like if you, if you have an old credit card or debit card that you either canceled by now or that was uh, replaced because it expired, you can just use any of those cards. You can even open the cards at that point. Like if you still have one, you can open it and, uh, Uh, take the chip out and put it wherever you want, uh, and use that yeah, you to should trigger. Make a business out of this. <laughs> I don't know, <laughs> uh, and use that to trigger serious shortcuts. So I just played with it to to have like a a credit card that can tap to turn off all the lights, mm. um, just to kind of potentially put it like next to the bed, so you can just tap the card before you put it on the cheat charger um, to um, to turn off all the lights before before going to bed. Can you have a shortcut? This is this is probably useless, but could you have a shortcut that is triggered when you starting to charge a phone? Uh, I don't know. Maybe because then you could have like a wireless charger, and as soon as you put your phone on the wireless charger, you yeah. turn the lights off. But it's it but might well, that would be a, a really cool. You might want to charge your phone. Thing. <laughs> it would, would be, be cool, but cool. it's not great because what if you need to charge like midday yeah. and then all your lights turn off? Yeah. Um, Either way, I I just thought it's it's a nice way of at least being open to the idea. You know, it's mm -hmm. often it's often like the burden of getting started that that prevents people from doing interesting things. Um, so at least knowing that most of us will probably even I mean doesn't even have to be, uh, like a, a deactivated card. Right, you can you can use your active debit or credit card that you use for a purchase at home for certain actions. But just being able to most of us will have some kind of card that's that's working with this it's it's kind of cool i thought hmm. um and it might 
be useful for for someone. Also, another pro tip: um, <laughs> don't put that chi uh, that NFC uh, chip in between your chi charger and your phone because See, I was feeling like that's a bad idea, but I'm not sure yeah, what would because, happen. Uh, when when I mentioned the example of putting them next to each other, I realized uh, I should also point out to not put them uh, on each other because it would fry the the chip. Oh, okay. Let's do picks. Alright, who wants to start? Do you want to start this time, Kai? Alright, I can start. Uh, it's kind of theme. Uh, well, if it's themed with the last episode, but it is people theme. listened to that a week ago, so... Well, it's still a, it's still a theme. Okay. <laughs> um, in, in line with my last uh, pick last week, that was actually about 45 minutes ago. <laughs> um... And that is a an application for your iPhone to track the video games that you have played, want to play, or will play, or would like to play. Um, because I I was kind of looking for that, and I used to use an app quite some time ago, and that they couldn't figure out a business model, and then kind of went uh uh removed the app from sale it was kind of nice because you could add all the games you want to play and you had the ability to um uh to get notifications when the games are being released and those kind of things it was kind of cool mm-hmm. and it was the only one of the kind at a time then um more recently when we started looking into like cloud gaming and stadia and and um uh, like Shadow and, and the like, I was like, oh, it would be kind of nice to have at least a list of games I want to play ever in the future, just mm-hmm. to to have, like, not quite a to-do list, but kind of similar concept, because, I mean, sometimes I'm, like, fed up with work, and it's kind of nice to have <laughs> something to to default to then. Mm-hmm. Um, and uh, we we looked into a few different ones, and GameTrack seems to be the one that's the most native irs without being too 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 simple mm-hmm. it has like a basic search so you can search for for games and kind of populate most of the metadata kind of has some rating and ranking and you can have different lists where you can say this game's done i'm i finished it i completed it or abandoned it um or or you add things that are kind of coming out in the future to a wish list and then you get a notification when they're becoming available mm-hmm. it's kind of it's 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 quite a small app but kind of neat again not not much of a business model they they only take they have in the purchases though right yeah but it's what mostly donation okay and like one interestingly um a customization pack which allows you to use the system dark and light mode i think that's against app store uh, yeah that doesn't seem like an that 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 would be allowed. Is it? Yeah, so I don't know. I wonder if they added this before iOS 13. They had a theme selector before iOS 13, but now have the switching of themes based on your system dark and light settings behind the paywall. So I don't know. That's probably not going to stay that well, way. Maybe maybe don't don't hang them out there. <laughs> that's a bit mean. <laughs> now the app is gone from the app store because <laughs> someone talked about it. Yeah, but either way, it's 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 pretty it's pretty neat. It's it's a native, native, native app that feels kind of, kind of nice for for that kind of. I mean, if you're like, sorry, su- I'm just excited about the apps that are good. I know, but if you're like super into into games, it might not be. I don't know if it it covered everyone's needs, but for mine, uh, it basically replaced a reminders uh, list that I had before with something that's a bit more specific for for what it's supposed to do. And I thought it was kind of neat. So game track, game 
track. Yes, that's what it's called. <laughs> on the App Store for free with optional donations. All right. All right. Zach, do you want to go next? Sure. Um, so my pick this week is the Netgear Orbi. Which is a router system that a router okay. system that we use Woo-hoo! at home. Uh, network, yeah, network gear. Um, it is. I mean, if you if you listen to any other podcasts, you probably heard lots of ads for Eero. Eero is not available in Australia, um, and I didn't want to oh, import really? it. So uh, when picking a uh, new router system for our house, uh, I settled on the Netgear Orbi, which uh, came highly recommended. Um, the other advantage is that it's only um well it was it was suggested for our house size that we only needed two um so like the the main one and the they call it a satellite um which was less than a lot of the other mesh network products needed um so we've used it for over two years now and it works pretty well so we have one downstairs which is plugged into the connection point which our um our internet comes through and then one upstairs which generally services the rest of the house um it works quite well because it basically covers our whole like house is on a block obviously it covers the whole block um so the one downstairs is sort of responsible for most of downstairs and the outdoor area um, which means that you get uh, wi-fi if you want to sit outside and do some work uh it also means you will get wi-fi if you're sitting out by the pool so it's quite cool um and the one upstairs which is sort of towards the front of the house actually means that you get wi-fi reception out on like the front of our house on the driveway too so it's quite it's quite good um one of the the nice things about mesh networks i'm just selling mesh networks here in general as opposed to say a, a range <laughs> extender is there's none of the need Look to at switch me. i have a big house <laughs> none of the need to switch <laughs> yeah no one in vancouver needs to- <laughs> i i have a, a hundred of those yeah, I mean, orbies to cover the entire block of of mesh well, the trade-off is on. living three it's years like- from the city so you know it's uh <laughs> it's pick and choose your your battles um yeah. Yeah, you, you can either have 12 bedrooms or be within uh, walking distance right, to downtown. Right, exactly. Um, yeah, so so there's no need to switch. Like, it just it's just like your phone or your laptop or whatever will pick the best one automatically, which is quite nice. You know, you have one in your Wi-Fi options, you have one access point which shows up and uh, it sort of intelligently handles the rest. And the other nice thing is you don't, uh, I don't know how this works with the other ones. I imagine it's quite similar. You don't actually really lose speed, um, at least not noticeably, by connecting to the satellite one. Uh, and the way that they achieve this is that there's like a, a, a separate connection that goes between the two, um, like the the extender, not extender, the um, satellite and the main one. Um, so you're basically getting, like, I mean, we have a 100 megabit connection. It's not great, but it's as good as you can get sort of residential in, in our area. Um and yeah, so it gets like the, you get the full hundred. That area is called Australia, yes. by the way. Uh, well, no, no, the NBN <laughs> does go up to, I think, 250 uh, for. Oh, really? Yeah, you have to be in certain areas, though. Like there's, there's places down south, like Wollongong, that you can get this. Um, uh, again, out of the city in, Vict- uh, in Melbourne, you can get uh, slightly faster NBN <laughs> speeds. So it is possible. It's also very expensive. Um, but yeah, the, the standard really for, for the NBN is uh, 100 down and 40 up. But yeah, you manage to get the full speed even when connected to the satellite, which is really cool. Um, yeah, so it's a, it's a product that I don't think about a lot because it just kind of works. Um, and that's how technology things should be where possible. How about latency? Like what kind of latency issues do you have? Or do you notice rather 
rather than notice, um, can you measure a difference in latency between the the main one and the upstairs one? Uh, I haven't tr- like I haven't paid attention to whether it's significantly different, but it's never been noticeable or it's never caused the problem. So I can get you some numbers, yeah. not right now because I'm connected to the uh, main one, but uh, I, yeah, I can get mm-hmm. you some numbers, but I I've never had an issue, and I don't think anyone in the family. No. I mean, I, I don't game though, so that could be. Maybe if you were gaming, you'd really want to plug into the one downstairs. I'm sure you would. But yeah, I've never noticed any um, major issues. I think it's usually about 12 when I do speed tests. Let me just pull up the speed test app and have a look, um, which is... Even for podcasting, like 12 milliseconds can Yeah, I mean, that's difference. pretty standard, though, for Wi-Fi in this fine, fine well, country. Uh, that's why I keep telling you to not go with Wi-Fi. So when we're 15 is from my most recent <laughs> speed test. Um... What else? I've just got to make sure these are the ones from home. Another 15, um, 11. So, it's not bad. Okay. Mm. Yeah. No, that's, um, yeah, Orby. It's my pick. It's pretty good. A uh, little bit pricey, cool. but mm. if you value good Wi-Fi in your house, it's probably worth it. Well, Marlon, do you want to follow up with your pick now? <laughs> I feel like we all pick very uh, specific things here. Um, I don't know how to pronounce the brand of this Oki. company. Or the name of this company. Is Oki. it Oki? I would say so. Yeah. I don't know. But I'd guess. Okay. So, I picked a Oki uh, USB-C hub. Or uh, basically like a hub for everything you need. <laughs> um, if you can plug things into your Mac. Uh, the full name is USB-C hub Oki 8-in-1 Type-C Hub with Ethernet port, 4K USB C, 4K USB C to HDMI. Okay, I'm not gonna read all this. Why am I even bothering? Yeah, I, don't um, know. I, was, I was starting to question yeah. that decision. Anyways, there it's a it's a it's, it's like a like USB C hub. You can also use it for uh, things like Ethernet, which is really good. So I've been using Ethernet when I'm connecting to play games online. Um, so that's pretty good. I also played Portal, like like Kai has been playing quite recently, mm-hmm. um, and that works really well. And in general, I have used a fair bit of third party USB, third party connections, third party USB C hubs, and they all seem very flaky. I also see other people exper- having having similar experiences. Sometimes when you plug it in, your screen starts flickering. Sometimes when you plug it in, it just doesn't recognize it. And this one also. Um, you can also push uh, power through this one, so I can actually put my charger into the uh, hub, and that goes into my Mac, which I haven't seen work that well on other hubs. So I'm pretty happy with it. I haven't used it for that long, but so far it's not failing on me. So that's great. And it is cheaper than the default uh, one that Apple is selling, which tend to be the one that I thought was the more reliable one, but I would say that the Oki seems to be pretty much... Like to me, it's been working really well, so I don't feel like I need an Apple, um, the one from Apple. So and there's no Apple Ethernet one, so this is. Oh yeah, that's true. Yeah, and the Belkin one's actually quite flaky. Um, the Belkin one was very flaky. Yeah. So yeah. this is this is also you don't have to install any drivers. It's for for Ethernet. You plug it in and it shows up as a gigabit Ethernet. Yeah. 
and it's been super convenient. reliable. So quite the opposite of Zach's pick. We're trying to reduce our latency here. <laughs> <laughs> uh, it's but not also, like Zach is trying to no, extend. It's still a latency. reduction <laughs> by having good quality stuff, but it's you know not the ultimate yeah. reduction. Yeah, yeah. But it's also uh, we do notice that our airport uh, extreme that we've been using for I don't know. I think we bought it when we moved to Australia, so it's at least six years old now. Yeah. Um, no, I think we bought it much longer ago. Uh, but yeah, it's quite some time. Um, it's it been is, flaking up. Yeah, it's it's getting a bit flaky lately. It seems like I don't know. I don't know what's what's happening, but it the Wi-Fi is not as reliable as mm. it used to be. But then I also noticed that um, MacBooks actually do a weird thing when you have location services yeah, enabled. This is interesting. So you know how uh, Apple uses um, your the Wi-Fi that's surrounding you to figure out your location. Um, like that's what they used to do also for like the first iPhone before they had GPS, right? They used like the, the Wi-Fi's that they would know, look up, look them up in a database and then kind of approximate your location. Um, and for some reason, I assume it disconnects briefly from your Wi-Fi to do that kind of search because whenever, um, your location services are being activated on your Mac, your latency on your on your Wi-Fi interface spike to like hundred something uh, milliseconds briefly, and then come back down to whatever your floor is. So um, I noticed that I think two days ago or so, uh, and I could reproduce it on on all of our machines. So it happened on on my MacBook, happens on my well, MacBook, and on my iMac. So it doesn't seem to be. It seems to work as intended, at least uh, on on Catalina. I don't know if that's a recent change, but. Kind of annoying, especially now when we can try some cloud gaming. Kind of annoying to have uh, unexpected latency spikes. Yeah, to yeah. to that extent as well. Yeah, yeah. Like at some points when I was using, uh, when I was playing games on like a cloud service um, while using Wi-Fi, it was actually like so laggy and pretty low qual. Like uh, what do you call it? Uh, low refresh rate. So it was actually making it harder to much harder to play and much harder to be able to like see anything on the in some of the levels so this is really helpful for me because mm. i can use um ethernet directly yeah so i don't know how much of the blame goes to should belong to the airport extreme and how much might be related to to other factors but i just thought it was interesting and ethernet just fixes that you no longer have to worry about that you just get a reliable uh, gigabit connection to mm. to the internet, and but this nice. is not a pick about Ethernet. This is a pick about the the hub. Itself. Yeah, and but it has it's very reliable. So, uh, what's kind of the main purpose? Yeah, this purchase. Yeah, but in general, it's nice because otherwise, I only have two ports. Uh, I usually use a Bluetooth keyboard, and I mm-hmm. want to charge my computer at the same time. And then, if I want any other Bluetooth device, I can't. I have to like. You mean stop. USB? Sorry, uh, <laughs> USB USB. Um, keyboard so if i want to start using anything else that needs usb-c i have to unplug my keyboard mm. or charger and i don't need to do that now so it's great to have a hub mm. Mm. or a dongle i don't know what's the difference between a dongle and a hub a hub does multiple things oh okay makes sense cool good pick. cool yeah it works pretty good and it's something everyone needs who has a um what is it post 2016 laptop one downside potentially uh, is that the HDMI uh, caps out at 4K 30. So if you do need 4K 60 for whatever reason, uh, this is not the hub for you. Or if you have 5K. I mean, HDMI can't really do that. Anymore. Oh, really? Okay. Mm. Huh. 
I, uh, sorry, I have to say, this picture that Kai sent in this chat is awesome. <laughs> of Ted Danson being arrested. Have you seen this? I have, that? yes. I saw a tweet about this. He's so happy. Is this like a genuine arrest? What yep. is this? Yeah, he was arrested during like a climate change protest. Oh, okay. Yeah. It's so good. <laughs> He's so happy. Uh, mm. yeah. yeah. Why oh, okay. Why are people being arrested for climate <laughs> I don't know. Is this America? <laughs> yeah, of yeah. course it is. But also, I mean, this is this is like the, a very different arrest from a lot of other people. Ted Dan's <laughs> arrest experience is probably not comparable to to some others or other people's arrest experience. You probably wouldn't be handcuffed in front of your in front of your body and then with this not real handcuffs and then carefully put into a place and then left alone i yeah, think that is just wait there. that is the uh, ted dance and special uh special on the on the arrest menu 